Hello and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Roof, BTN, and this is a Big Ten Championship Game Week edition of the Take 10 Podcast, so had to get a guest related to one of the two schools competing in this Saturday's Big Ten Championship Game. Uh, this week's guest, formerly of the Ohio State Buckeyes, is Mike Weber. He's a running back in the Dallas Cowboys organization. And with the Buckeyes set to take on the Wisconsin Badgers in a regular season rematch. We uh, got Mike on the show to talk a little bit about the game, Ohio State, and what he's been up to since leaving Ohio State to go to the NFL. So, good conversation with Mike Weber coming up. And <clears throat> stay tuned after that for our weekly Stathead segment as well with BTN researcher Harold Shelton. Harold and I get into the numbers behind the Big Ten Championship game matchup. We talk college football playoff rankings and some scenarios, even though it looks like a uh, near certainty that Ohio State will be in the college football playoff, breaking that Big Ten drought of uh, going on three years now. We broke down some of the rankings behind the Buckeyes, including where Minnesota falls, Wisconsin as well, and, and if they have any uh, sliver of a chance to make the college football playoff. And then we talk a little bit of Big Ten basketball, Big Ten ACC Challenge, before wrapping up for the week. So stay tuned for both interviews, both great discussions. And uh, we'll get to Mike Weber first. As I said, former Buckeye, current Cowboy, and he joins Take 10 Podcast right now. I'm very pleased to be joined by a former Ohio State running back, currently a member of the Dallas Cowboys organization. It is Mike Weber. Follow him on Twitter at Mike Weber Jr. Mike, how's it going, man? Good, good. Doing good, man. Appreciate you taking some time to join us. And for those uh, who haven't kept up, you know, maybe been busy following their Buckeyes or just following uh, college football in general, update everyone on your progression since leaving Ohio State, being drafted by the Cowboys. What's your path been essentially since getting drafted last April? Um, really, just um, doing whatever I can to. Get on, get onto the field right now. Um, preseason, I was had these nagging injuries, but I, I showed flashes uh, in between uh, the preseason and um, practice with the Cowboys. So, um, you know, I, the business, business is so. Um, Absolutely, they, they brought me back to the, they brought me back to the practice squad right now. So uh, right now I'm just waiting for my moment to you know be able to to show the world what I can do and help teams win. You know. For sure. So, what is your week like as a member of the practice squad? What uh, what's your schedule like, and what are your kind of obligations throughout a game week in the NFL? Oh, uh, really? You do everything the team does. You uh, you go you go all the meetings, you, uh, you practice, um, you do all the walkthroughs. Um, basically, you're on you're on the team, but you just don't play in the game. So that's the only thing you don't you don't do, which is payday. So you know that would be that would be great. Yeah, it's the next step for sure. And and what would you say the biggest personal difference is for you between that college and NFL lifestyle? Like, do you have more free time? Do you have less free time? What's it like? Um, I would say college was more of a of a of a brotherhood type feeling. Like it was more of a real type thing. Um, NFL is more of like a business. So I guess that was a little bit more to the. Uh, adjust to and I would say uh, yeah like like you said we have, we have a lot more time we don't have school um, so like you can just focus on more just football like everything is just football for you and um, 
if you have a family, of course, family. But, um, yeah, football is really the main thing, which is fun for us. We could do it our whole lives. So just focusing on football is, I mean, that's something that we've been wanting to do since we've been playing football. So Yeah, like Cardell Jones said, you finally aren't going there to play any school. So uh, just out of curiosity, are the – Dallas Cowboys and Ohio State fan bases similar in your experience? Like, to me, they're both kind of national fan bases. They both have very high expectations. What are the Cowboys fans like kind of compared to the Buckeye fans? I would say, yeah, they they, they both are worldwide. Um, Ohio, you can find Ohio State fans anywhere, anywhere in the country. Or they are they all over here, all over the place. And uh, the Cowboys fans as well. Like you said, they're both national teams, yeah. And I've been blessed to be able to be on both teams and see both sides of it, um, the bad and good. So, yeah, I, I would say, like, I'm, I'm probably with the two top teams of fan bases. And, um, I mean, it's, it can be really good for, for, for me and my teammates. For sure. Uh, so, obviously, Zeke Elliott is the main guy in that Dallas backfield right now. When you were drafted, that was kind of one of the first things everyone pointed to that you guys would team up over there. So, how did Zeke kind of welcome you to Dallas, and what's your relationship been like as professionals? Um, he, he basically just took me under his wing. Um, he showed me the ropes, just like he did in college. Uh, he showed me um, how to how to do it, how to do it the right way, and be successful with it. Um, the playbook, and um, I just just take me to restaurants around there, just to you know, I'm saying get to get a feel for it, and um, get comfortable, get comfortable there, and stuff like that. And um, even to this day, he still helped me out and, and give me pointers and stuff when um, certain situations come up. And um, I'll say he's been, he's been a big help the last couple of years for me. So besides Zeke, who's one of your favorite teammates on the Cowboys? Somebody else who maybe has, you know, shown you the ropes or is funny in the locker room? You got any other names in mind? And I'll say a, a good person to have a good conversation with about how, you know, NFL operations, probably Trayvon Austin. Um He's a, he's a good dude. He keeps it real with you. You know, he'll he let you know how things are, really are and um, how things could be and um, and the way to go, in a way to go, in a way to go about things, you know. Um, he's, a, he's a silly guy as well, so he's been in the league for a while, so I feel like he's seen it all. And, and he's a guy that me and him can relate to just from coming from similar backgrounds and stuff like that. So I think Tavon Austin is a dude that, you know, I, I, I'll have a conversation with, though. Um, Lot. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been in the league quite a while, so I can imagine. Uh, I heard about a, a guy, you know, he's kind of made some headlines for being goofy, named by, uh, goes by the name of Joe Looney. Uh, can you tell me about him and, and some of his hijinks and what his personality's like? Yeah, uh, Joe Looney, he, he's always positive, man. It could be, we could be in the worst situation, and, and he, he's going to find a way to put a smile on you. Uh, he keeps a smile on his face no matter what he's going through. I think having one of them type of guys on the team is very important um, because he can uplift guys in the locker room and, and guys in practice and stuff like that. He, even when you're not doing good, you're sore, you're tired, you got things going on outside of football. Um, Joe always brings you to um, a, a nice smile and, and puts you in a better mood. So I think that's a that's a big help for for someone on the team, and and he, he does he does it really well. Yeah, I want to talk about your time at Ohio State now, Mike. Um, you left after last season. You were a fourth-year junior, so you'd been there quite a while. So how much did that just factor into your decision that it was time to go, that it was kind of time to take 
that leap and move on to the next chapter, that just the fact that you were in Columbus for uh, quite a few years? Yeah, um, my years there didn't really actually go go and plan. You know, I fought injuries the entire time being there. Um, a lot of stuff happened in between, like uh, in between, like the meetings and stuff like that. And and I can't say like like you said, it didn't it didn't go it didn't go like I wanted to go. But you know, that's life. Um, but I did have uh, my most fun there. I met the, the greatest people there. Um, I won games. And I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, won Big Ten championships and Rose Bowls and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I met some really good people. So I, it was it was a journey that I that I really would ever forget for the rest of my life. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, man, it was a lot of ups and downs there. And um, at the time, I just felt like yeah, maybe it's, it's time for me to go to. To, to chase my dreams and stuff like that. Um, yeah. For sure, yeah. I mean, like a lot of college students, obviously you can't really compare an athlete to a regular college student, but everyone's got their ups and downs. And, and uh, you know, I would say just from the outside looking in, you had a ton of success there. And you went to Ohio State out of Detroit, obviously in the state of Michigan. Was that a tough decision at all to, to cross that border? You know, I know a lot, of, a lot of players from that area do it, go back and forth, but just with that rivalry, was that a, a tough decision with maybe some schools trying to keep you at home? Yeah, I mean, it was a really tough decision because I was committed to Michigan. Um, when Brady Hoke was the head coach, and um, the guys took a took a, a reverse um, during the season, I was committed, and a lot of guys that I was committed with was decommitting. And um, being a part of the recruiting process was something that I didn't want to be a part of uh, at the time. Um, I wanted to win, and um, Ohio State was winning at the time. They had just won the national championship, and it was the and it was a school that was uh, very close to home. Um, Coach Meyer did a, a great job of recruiting me and Coach Dan Drea. Um So I felt like being in Ohio State was more of a good decision whether I was from Michigan or not. You know, I just felt like if I was from anywhere else that Ohio State would still catch my eye. So um, I made the decision to go to Ohio State. And um, Zeke played a big part in that as well. Give me there, give me there. His success being there, I just felt like I was going to be used in, this, in a similar way. Um, so, yeah, so I came to Ohio State, um, even though I, I got ripped apart from people back here at home and just all over the MS and like that, but I just felt like um, Ohio State was probably the best the best fit for me at the time, you know. For sure. And, and what's the rule you guys got over in Columbus? Like, are you not supposed to say the word Michigan? Because I know Coach Meyer, he's on TV with us now, and he always tries to avoid saying the word Michigan. I don't know if the man's ever said it, to be honest. And does that apply? If that's true, does that apply to people that are actually like from Michigan? Like, are you allowed to say the name of your home state while you're in Ohio? Yeah, especially in the blue. Like, you can't wear blue. Um, you can't you can't say Michigan. It's that team up north. You know, Coach Marty did a, a great job of, of making that game very important because that was a big reason why we beat them every year. Um, we took it more serious than them guys. Um, we played harder than them guys. We was tougher than them guys. Um, all the years I've been there. Um, and Coach Marty did a, did a great job with just focusing on that. Even when we was in the spring ball, like, he would stop the whole practice, play Michigan, or team up North Highlight, and we would do a whole period of just going over their plays. And, 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 when they, and we would just have it on our minds all year long. We would have push-ups and sit-ups every Thursday with team up North. Uh, 
Like we really took that game very serious, and I just think that's that was the edge that we had over them guys. Um, Cause they had players as well, but um, we just we just wanted it more. And um, cause Mike did a great job of of, of doing that, you know. Yeah, no lie. Like we would stop by, you know, for one day in the summer every year, and there was one time where I came down to the hotel lobby wearing blue pants. And uh, some of my crew with me, they were like, no, you can't wear that. Like, you got to go change. Coach Meyer will call you out. So I didn't know it was that serious until that day. But, uh, yeah, you're totally right. Like, can't wear a blue. And obviously those results have paid off in the field with the, the success you guys have had against Michigan in recent history. And, and honestly, it's pretty much uh, it's getting to ancient history now with, with being whatever it's been, like 17 out of 18 times. So uh, obviously Ohio State's having a great year this year number one in the nation, heading to the Big Ten Championship game this weekend. Have you been able to follow them and, and had time to watch the games this year? And uh, if so, what have you seen that you've liked out of them? Yeah, I've been able to watch a few games, not all of them, but um, I've watched uh, a few of them. And I've actually been to one this year versus Wisconsin. And, um, you can tell that team is um, – they're hungry. You know, they play together. Um, they don't have really – any gray area in their, in their offense or defense or special teams. Um, um, they have a big, a, a real big shot to win it all this year. They just look, they look really fun. They look really, they are really fun to watch. Um, you know, and I always look at that like, wow, I wonder if we look, if I look like this when I was playing or, you know, you can't really tell because we never watch the full games like on TV. We always watch just film, you know. So I never really watch like the actual games to see how exciting it looked. But um, yeah, just watching Ohio State, like wow, these guys are playing together. Um, I'm just, just very happy to see, especially the guys like your friends and, and stuff like that. To see, um, it's, it's a good thing to see. It's a good thing to see. Are you surprised at all that they've been able to be pretty much flawless, even though they got a new quarterback, Justin Fields, in there, and Ryan Day is in his first year full time? Like, why do you think they've been able to, to avoid maybe some of the the hiccups that you guys had in recent years, especially with some new personnel in there? Um, I'll say that come with just uh, off-season. Um, just reflecting on, on what you did the previous off-seasons and, and try to fix things. You know, I think Coach Mick did, did a great job of bringing guys together in the off-season and, um, and just, just grinding them out, you know, um, making them be accountable for things, um, Having great leaders that starts there, you know. Having great leaders, um, you gotta have great leaders to to lead the way for the young guys, and um, they follow. And then once they follow, then you have a team of, of really good guys. And I think recruiting as well, recruiting the right guys, and just having just a, the right guys in the building first. And once you have the right guys in the building, then you just grind them out. When you grind them out, they build a brotherhood. And you build a brotherhood with that talent. It's it's, pretty, it's really hard to stop. So I just think. Um, they did that really well this year, and um, it's, it's definitely shown. Like I wasn't there to see it, but it's definitely shown. I, I've been there for four years. I know how it goes, and I think um, they just did a better job this year. If you had to pick, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but if you had to pick a favorite play or a moment from your time at Ohio State, from your career, um, you know whether it's a play you had or a win your team had, what's something that stands out to you when you look back at your time there? Um, my, my my very first year, I was playing kind of timid. You know, I didn't want to make mistakes. I was a freshman. Um, I started. You know, I was I was trying to you know just 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 fit my way in. You know, 
And um, I wasn't a player like myself. Like I, I wasn't making the plays that I really, really wanted to. I was making a lot of plays, but I wanted to be, you know, nationally known. Like, and I just knew that the off season, I was going to just change everything I did, how I ate, um, my training, everything. I was working really hard in the off season going into my uh, sophomore year. And, and this supposed to have been my research sophomore year, but this supposed to have been like my breakout year. You know, this, this is something that I really, I really uh, worked hard for in the off season, and uh, and um, it was showing. Um, I, I needed to get another step. Um, I, I got a lot faster in the off season. I worked on my speed training and everything, and then I get hurt in the off season. And I missed like the first maybe seven, eight games, and then I, I basically was counted out. You know, not not from Ohio State, but uh. From the, you know what I'm from the fans and the media and stuff like that because, you know, um, at Ohio State, he's always the next man up. And, um, and, um, we come back to my injury, they wanted me to get surgery and stuff like that. But, you know, I just rehabbed it through until I, I was able to play towards the back end of the year. And, um, I was making plays that people said I never could, you know. And, um, my favorite play was probably versus Michigan State. Um, 82 yard touchdown, um, a lot of people questioned. Um, the burst, you know, sometimes, and I think um, that was something I really worked on in off season. So I was really anxious to show the world you know, what I was able to do. But I got hurt before I got a chance to show it. But as we getting healthy towards the end of the year, I was able to show that on the back end of the year. So I was really proud of myself to uh, be able to do that, you know. So it was uh, probably an 82 yard run versus Michigan State in 2017. Uh, that was one of my best games. Uh, I was I was able to show my burst and. Versus Illinois and then versus Michigan, like that whole that end of the year when I was healthy, um, I showed the guy, I showed the world the guy that I really want to be my entire career. But then injuries again happen, happen again. So it was, it was it was very frustrating. But you know, it's part of football, it's part of life. So um, taking a good with the bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you definitely left your mark there. Like you said, it's always the next man up there, but. And they've always had a lot of great running backs, but you definitely uh, left your mark for, for fans to remember. And, Mike, before I wrap up, I want to get a couple of questions outside of football and get your thoughts on them. Since you're a uh, Detroit guy, i got to ask if you are a big fan of Detroit pizza because I had Allen Robinson on pretty recently, and he's a big fan of, like, Jets pizza, Detroit-style pizza. So what are your thoughts on on uh, that that style of, of pizza? Uh. I'm not really a big pizza fan, um, but yeah, I have just pizza. I mean, it's pretty good. Um, I'm more into like Tony Island and like wings and stuff like that. I'm a big wings guy. Um, uh, just pizza, you know, like like I said, it's, it's pretty good. But I'm not really familiar, too familiar. Like pizza is pizza to me. You know? <laughs> I got you. What about uh, like food in Dallas? What if, what's your spot now that you're down there? What kind of food do they got going on? Uh, it's a spot. It's called Papados that I really like. It's like a seafood place. Um, they have almost everything on the menu is really good. Um, I go there often, and um, a place called uh, Shell Shack. It's like a uh, like a crab place with like crabs in the bag and stuff like that. That's the place that Zeke introduced me to, and we used to go there all the time on an off season. And um, yes, yeah, they both really good places. I go there all the time. All right, so you're a big seafood guy, and and I gotta ask now. I saw in a previous interview with the Cowboys, you said you'd never been out of the country. Is that still true? Yeah, I've never been out of here. All right. I'm trying to get get somewhere in the offseason. Yeah, I was going to say, if you could go, if you had a ticket to anywhere, where would you try and get to? 
Uh, I want to go to a safari in Africa. I don't know exactly where, but I just I think that's something that um, that's on my bucket list that I want to see, you know, in person. I always see it on TV and stuff like that, but that's the atmosphere I want to do. You know, I, I take I do photography from time to time, and that'd be cool to you know get some shots of my own out there. So yeah, that's one of my goals, and I'll probably end up doing it this off season. Yeah, a little photography, a little seafood. Sounds like a perfect Mike Weber vacation. And uh, one last question. I'm talking to you on a Cowboys game day. It's a Thursday, so it's a little strange. But Cowboys are in town here in Chicago to play uh, my Chicago Bears tonight. So give me a prediction. Who you got? Both teams kind of need a win. So who you got coming out on top Thursday night in Chicago? Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. You know, I see the guys work every day. I know the talent that's in the room. I do got to piece together. And, um... I feel like we can make a run, run at this thing. Uh, we got to just stay positive. And, um, you go out there and just have fun. Uh, I think a lot of things have been going on. We go out there and just play our best and be who we are. We come on top. So we got the Cowboys. Yeah, NFC East very much still in play. Uh, the Bears postseason chances not so much. But anyway, Mike, appreciate you taking some time, man. Uh, looking forward to seeing what you do with your opportunity because I uh, have no doubt that It'll come soon. Congratulations on a great career at Ohio State. Good luck to your Buckeyes this weekend. And once again, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. All right, thanks once again to Mike for joining me. really appreciate his time, his insight, especially, uh, you know, during the NFL season. I know it can be tough to, to get away, so I appreciate him taking some time to chat. Moving on now to... The aforementioned Stathead segment we talked about at the top of the show, bringing BTN researcher Harold Shelton for a weekly discussion about the ins and outs of Big Ten sports, usually football and basketball, and with both sports going on this time of year, we talk quite a bit of both, uh, especially going in depth behind the Big Ten championship game numbers, since uh, Harold is the best in our network, going behind the numbers and diving into those metrics and analytics and uh, just talking ball, as we do pretty much every week here on the show. So I'll kick it over now to H, as we call him. It's a stat head segment with Harold Shelton. It starts right now. All right, back again with Harold Shelton in our digital studio. Age we've reached champ week. How you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. I feel a lot better when I uh, get my packet out and get in the car and head down I-65, but we're getting close. We're getting real close. You driving tomorrow? Are you driving this weekend to Indy, or how you? How you? someone driving you? You got a no, chauffeur? No, What's going absolutely on? Absolutely not. I, I will get in my car, and I will try I was say, you made it sound Thursday like night. You're reading the packet, you know, as you're as No, you're I want to send it out. Oh, I got you. And drive down and know that pretty much all of my work is done. Okay, the heavy lifting's behind you. I got you. Well, exciting... Uh, time of year obviously uh you know the matchup this weekend is one we've seen before and it's a game that doesn't have major implications beyond determining a big 10 champion because we think ohio state is going to be in regardless uh let's just start there they're number one as expected in the college football playoff is there any way they fall out of that top four or would it take just a act of god to do so uh yeah i think ohio state's in no matter what happens um the fact that they're number one now. They had. They're the only team with four CFP top twenty-five wins. They're the only team with two top ten wins. At this point, I think they could lose to Wisconsin and still be fine. They just wouldn't be 
they would be wearing the the road jersey in whatever semifinal they're in as opposed to jockeying for the number one seed. I saw some people upset maybe with Minnesota's ranking. Uh, losing two straight obviously hasn't helped them. But, again, there were some, probably some inconsistencies with teams ahead of them uh, with you know the, the way games have played out and who's beat who. So, you know, it's kind of water under the bridge at this point. We're almost at the finish line. But do you have any issues that have persisted with the ranking process? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of them dropping, you know, 10 spots. I mean, the fact that they their two losses are the teams that are both in the top 16, the fact that they're eight spots behind the Penn State team that they beat head-to-head and they have the same record, I think is a little curious. I mean, they're even behind Memphis in a group of five, <laughs> and Memphis has a loss. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're the, the – the seventh one loss team and they're behind a bunch of I mean two loss team and they're behind a bunch of three loss teams as well uh, I didn't think that made a lot of sense and you could kind of tell with the rankings where um, you know Michigan still stayed ahead of Notre Dame because they won head to head and you saw Auburn was a, ahead of Alabama and Oregon because Auburn beat both of them head to head but if head to head matters so much why is there an eight spot gap right. between Minnesota and Penn State with the same record no, agreed, yeah, and I think it's for whatever reason that brand recognition has hurt Minnesota till the very end. Hopefully that's something the committee can rectify in future years. I'm not all that optimistic because it seems like it's it's been a bias that they've held, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously, every year. Uh, so we'll have to see moving forward. But regardless, great season for Minnesota. It's not over yet. we got plenty of Big Ten teams competing in bowl games, and we got the Big Ten's main event this weekend, so let's get into it. Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Obviously, we know what happened the first time. Uh, Wisconsin did not put up much of a fight against the Buckeyes. Do you foresee a similar outcome, or do you think this one will be a little tighter? Yeah, I think I think Ohio State is the one team Wisconsin just can't really match up with. Um, I think the, the speed that Ohio State has everywhere on the field is a really, really big problem for them. Obviously, Wisconsin has had you know no issues with Michigan. Uh, you know, they've pretty much dominated the West. You know, Penn State's given them some problems here and there, but, you know, those games have been close. You know, Ohio State, you know, when that game is not in Madison, they've won handily. Um, As we've seen earlier this year, uh, it was 38-7. You know, Wisconsin made it interesting early third quarter, and then Ohio State put put their foot on the gas, scored the last 28 to run away. Uh, obviously, Wisconsin's major major strength is Jonathan Taylor, and he only has 93 rushing yards in two games against Ohio State. And so, if we see that again, you get Jack Cone, you know, in obvious passing situations, and we saw Chase Young and what he did in those obvious passing situations with four sacks in that first game. It could be something similar uh, if Wisconsin doesn't survive early. So, the fact uh, that Wisconsin's coming off some momentum come off a big win last time they played Ohio State they were coming off a devastating loss to Illinois do you think the way they looked against Minnesota bodes well at all or at least a little better considering you know there's not a letdown they they looked really good it was the last two quarters of the game where they looked really good can they carry any momentum over I think it's certainly possible I mean you know confidence is obviously a key thing and they could play the disrespect card and I mean Paul Chris is really good coach as we know uh, you know, 52 wins in five seasons, nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think their defense actually had a really good game plan early in that uh, Ohio State game back in October. 
you know, they got after Justin Fields a lot. You know, he sacked him six times. And I'm curious to see how his mobility is in this game because he sprained his MCL against Penn State. You can see he aggravated it again against Michigan. You know, had to go back and get the new brace on. If he isn't as mobile, does that mean that Wisconsin could tee off a little more, make make them a little bit more one-dimensional? That might give them a chance. Yeah, knowing that anything other than a complete disaster in Ohio State is likely still in the playoff, do you think – Obviously, a Big Ten title is a, is a huge prize that they're going to want to strive for. But do you think, like you said, with Fields potentially a little shaky and wanting to keep their guys fresh for probably two more games, if you know if their goals are um, like we expect, do you, do you think they not take their foot off the gas a little bit? But do you think they hold anything back in this one? No, I doubt it. That that doesn't seem to be uh, the the motto from Ryan Day. I mean, every game they've played, they haven't come out flat once. Right. You know, they've put, they've tried to put their foot on everybody's throat early, and they've kept it there. There's been no let up. The one time there was a very, very slight hiccup was the Penn State game where you know they had some turnovers. Penn State's defense rose to the challenge, uh, especially in that second half. You know, kind of put some blood in their mouth a little bit. But other than that, I mean, Ohio State is kind of just done what they do steamroll right along I I think they'll try to do the same even though the playoff is obviously out there they really do care about Big Ten titles mm-hmm. I think they, As they I should think they want to be the first team to win three uh, Big Ten title games you know there's been no Big Ten team that's won three or at least won a share of three straight since Wisconsin at the beginning of the decade so you know to be able to you know hang your hat on that I think is something that they should definitely aim for and I'm sure they will and you obviously want to avoid Clemson too and if you're the one seed you can do that yeah I agree I, I don't see them taking their foot off the gas at all why do you think this year they haven't had that lapse in any game like that's kind of been their MO in recent seasons is you know look at caught napping one or two games out of the year and like you said this year that hasn't been the case so is it the talent that much better has there been that big of a change with Ryan Day or do you think the circumstances just all kind of came together I think it's probably a, a, a lot of different things. I think they kind of had a chip on their shoulder to begin with. People didn't pick them to win a division. People wonder how good they would be without Urban. I think you know a lot of that had something to do with it. I think Ryan Day, you know, might have taken that a little personally. Mm-hmm. I think he has a lot to prove in year one and say, look, we're going to go out here, we're going to execute, we're going to be focused and dialed in. And a lot of the guys that have been on t- on the team. That, that Iowa loss happened and stuck with them. That Purdue loss happened and stuck with them. And they said, look, we've beaten, our, we've beaten ourselves. We've cost ourselves a chance at the playoff each of the last two years because we weren't locked in every game. And, you know, I think that's Chase Young. You know, his main reason for coming back was to win a national championship. That's what he said. So there's a lot of talk out there even with the suspension, like, oh, would he come back? His whole mission and a lot of those upperclassmen's whole mission has been to come back to, to win a national title. Backfield is probably the one area where both teams match up sort of evenly. I mean, Taylor is as talented as anyone in the country. Dobbins is probably close to that level as well, and they can throw a guy like Master Teague at you. Are there any other matchups that are close to even between Ohio State and Wisconsin? Offensive line, maybe. Um, you know, I, th- I think. Most other positions off the top of my head, Ohio State is a clear edge. Do you have any uh, areas of the field where you think they are toe-to-toe or even close to that? 
Well, I think the problem is when you compare the two is that Ohio State just has more dudes than Wisconsin. Right. It's not that Wisconsin's starting 22 isn't really good. I think there's some players on Wisconsin's starting lineup that could start at Ohio State. But Ohio State just has more of those guys. You know, like Justin Fields has 37 touchdown passes to eight different guys. Yeah. Like that's just shows the depth that they have. Wisconsin, Quintess Cephas, Danny Davis, A.J. Taylor, Kendrick Pryor, like those guys would start at a lot of schools. Right. Ohio State just has a ton of dudes. Um, I think linebacker, they match up very well. I mean, they're they're very comparable. Uh, Zach Bond was a first-team All-Big Ten guy. Chris Orr was a second-team All-Big Ten guy. Uh, with that scheme, you know, those guys make plays and fly around. Uh, but – I say receiver, they're good. Linebacker, they're good. But Ohio State just overall has way more depth. All right, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, Saturday, 8 Eastern, Indy will both be there. Looking forward to it. And then the results of that um, will determine not only Ohio State's spot in the playoff and the Big Ten's return to the playoff, uh, likely for the first time since 2016, but uh, we'll see how the Bulls stack up as well. So we'll have a lot to to talk about soon. Real quick, though. And I don't want to do a disservice. It's our job to talk both sides of this thing. So we've talked about Ohio State and the playoff, and if they if they win, it'll be the one. If they lose, they're still in. What if Wisconsin wins this game? What if LSU beats Georgia? All right, a little devil's advocate. What if Oregon beats Utah? What if Baylor beats Oklahoma? And Wisconsin's sitting there right now at eight. I know they got two losses, but they'd have four wins against the top 25 including a win over Ohio State, which everyone thinks is the number one team in the country. Yep. They beat Michigan by 21. They won at Minnesota by 21. They beat Iowa. Be 11-2 and as a Big Ten champ. Avenge one of their two losses. Be a pretty interesting case. Now, obviously, they Especially need a lot the Big Ten being left out. I feel like, you know, I've gone in the last couple of years saying they, they won't leave the Big Ten team out have been wrong. But I think the more years that go by, that subconscious pressure builds up maybe in the, the – There's the three straight years the champion has been out. I mean, if, if if Wisconsin was able to pull the shocker, I, I would just be very curious to see if other things happen with that, would the committee have a tough decision to make. Right. Crazier things have happened, obviously, and, you know, you never want to see this happen. But we've said a Justin Fields injury or an aggravation of what's already, you know, hobbled him a little bit could be devastating for Ohio State. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, obviously that's why they play the games. That's why I believe conference championship games still have a huge place in the sport and why they're important. I know there were some articles, at least one article written, I can't remember by who, uh, this past week in the national media saying that, you know, conference championship games are irrelevant. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that before we move on. No, I think, like, the Big 12, I don't really don't think you need it because it's a true round robin. Everybody plays sure. everybody. Yeah. Ten teams, you get nine games, everyone plays. But I feel like it's really hard to determine a true champion <clears throat> when everyone doesn't play everybody. And so, obviously, this year is a different case where Ohio State and Wisconsin have played, and Ohio State was two games better than everybody else. But there have been several years where that has not been the case. I mean, this is only the first time since 2012 we've actually had you know a regular season rematch in the title game. So a lot of times we don't know who really is the best team because they haven't played each other and they've played no differing schedules. And so I, I don't agree with that premise. Yeah, and it's just fun, you know. Like, I remember being jealous before Big Ten had a championship game in 2010 or whenever it was that other conferences had it. And I'm glad they adopted it just like, uh, you know, even though they were a little late to the party with the Big Ten basketball tournament as well, uh, the conference eventually came around and 
and we get a fun weekend out of it. Get to see some football. Absolutely. So, looking forward to it. We'll talk uh, bowl matchup CFP next week. And uh, before we get out of here, let's talk some hoops because we are recording this on Wednesday night. So last night of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, I think the Big Ten has held its own so far. I mean, there's still a few games to be played, but Purdue just wrapped up a upset of Virginia, really dismantled Virginia. Some other results have uh, gone the other way. Uh, Michigan State did not look great against Duke. Um, what are your thoughts on you know, how the conference has kind of represented itself and really the last marquee non-conference event of the season? Uh, again, you know, we've, we've talked about the bad start that the league had, the slow start, I should say. Uh, they've definitely rebounded, not only in the holiday tournaments, but in this challenge as well. Uh, you know, they won the Gavit games. You know, they're two wins away from winning this challenge. Uh, Maryland was pounding Notre Dame as we're recording this, so that's that's going to be away. six. Yeah. Uh, so it's up to, you know, Penn State, Wisconsin, Ohio State. If we can get two of those, we, we win it, and I think that could go a long way. Um, I think we've learned more about the depth of the league. You know, at first it was Michigan State and Maryland, and, you know, everyone else kind of fell in line. Michigan State right now looks like the maybe the fourth best team mm-hmm. in the league. I mean, we've seen Michigan rise in that tier. We've seen Ohio State rise in that tier. I mean, Purdue, they, even though they have three losses, they were in control in all three and probably should have won at least two of them. They respond with this win. The state of Indiana did major work. Indiana pounded Florida State on Tuesday, and Purdue pounding Virginia kind of made up for what the state of Michigan didn't do <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah. So I just think that the, the league's a lot deeper than I would have thought. Um, Iowa also, great win against Syracuse up there. So, yeah, I think the league's going to be a lot more wide open than we would have thought originally. I mean, for you as a numbers guy, how about the jump that Michigan made into the top five? I mean, they're number four. They're going to fall back out of the top five most likely with their performance against Louisville. But how they performed at Atlantis, I mean, I can't remember seeing a Big Ten team make that type of leap and I feel like I saw some stat where it's pretty unprecedented right for a uh, team to jump 21 plus spots yeah I think it's the since the expanded to 20 teams in 1968-69 it's tied for the largest jump by an unranked team into uh, the top 10 I think Kansas was four in 1990 so I haven't seen it because before I was born Michigan tied them so the fact that they were able to, because I think they were 33rd entering Atlantis, and then they controlled that entire tournament. You know, the Iowa State game was was kind of sort of back and forth, but Michigan kind of kept them at arm's length most of the way, and they absolutely pounded Carolina and Gonzaga. I mean, John Teske made himself a lot of money mm-hmm. <laughs> based off of that tournament. Uh, you could tell. Now, Jawan Howard's definitely done some good work with him in the post. Yeah, not sure how many people saw a team like Indiana as a tournament team heading into the season, but they look the part now, and that's without Rob Finnessy in the lineup. Devontae Green's looking like an All-Big Ten caliber player. Uh, Iowa, after kind of a questionable first few games of the season, has looked like they straightened things out a little bit. We'll see if Bohannon can go. I know, by the way, DePaul's still undefeated, right. so maybe that's not as DePaul's bad of a DePaul's got a, uh, a prove-it game tonight against Texas Tech. And uh, speaking of prove-it games, I think Ohio State's proved quite a bit already, but if they can get a win at the Dean Dome, Against Carolina, that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how they do, considering what Michigan did to them last week. Agree. I still don't know how tough Carolina is. I know Michigan kind of punked them. Uh, so I'd be curious to see if Ohio State could do the same. 
Uh, I don't think Ohio State necessarily has has as many offensive weapons that Michigan has in terms of the amount of shooters and the amount of drivers. But you know, Chris Holman doesn't mind you know having a, a team that's scrappy and dirty and scratch and claw for everything. Carolina does not want to play that way, so if they can get them in that kind of game, they could win it. I'm not going to let Purdue fool me into thinking they're not a good team again like they did last year. You know, a similar start. I was like, man, Purdue is not looking great this year. I know, you know, this version doesn't have a Carson Edwards. They don't have as dynamic of a perimeter rotation, I'd say. But they looked really good tonight. So just as I was, you know, getting back out on them, they reeled me back in. I pledge not to be fooled and, uh, you know, get the doom and gloom going for Purdue because I think they'll be okay. And just one more note, I think <laughs> Northwestern is a, a weird team. Have you seen a stranger, more unpredictable team <laughs> since you've been here? The fact that they can lose at home to Merrimack, at home to Radford, then go up to BC and pound them, beat Providence, who people thought would be a tournament team, and control that game most of the way too. I mean, they they're very very strange. Uh, Boo Booey had himself a nice night last night, and got himself uh, a nice name. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great name too. So, yeah, again, I just think that this league is going to be. A lot of fun is going to be really wide open. I think you're going to see some upsets all over the place because we don't know what teams are going to show up on a given night. Northwestern's a great example. Yeah, we got conference play starting this weekend and you know some fun matchups with the uh, first two games like we've done the last few years. Tipping off, and you said the Big Ten will be pretty wide open. I think that applies to all college basketball. No truly elite teams. They're, they're kind of dropping like flies, so it should be a fun year. Agreed. Yeah, I think Louisville right now certainly looks the part on both ends of the floor, but I wouldn't necessarily call them elite. They're probably the, the best of a really good bunch. Kind of like the NBA. You know, you kind of got chaos, no true dominant Finally. Team. I like the parity. Let's, <laughs> let's keep it that way for a while. I don't mind it. And uh, H, we'll see you in Indy. Enjoy this weekend. And I'll see you on the other side when – Things have calmed down. Talked about it for a few weeks now, but the light is at the end of the tunnel. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to getting down to Indy. You know, I always enjoy that event. Be back to the bowl show on Sunday and then take a deep breath. All right, see you soon. Sounds good. All right, thanks once again to Harold and Mike for joining me. Appreciate them for taking the time. Appreciate everyone out there for listening. We're heading to Indy. And uh, now you happen to run into an average-looking white dude on the sidelines. Be sure to say hello. Might be me. And uh, we can talk and chat a little Big Ten sports. Uh, talk some Buckeyes, talk some Badgers, or whatever you want. And if you're not going, watching on TV, enjoy the game. Enjoy Big Ten basketball. It's really heating up right now. Uh, one of the best times of the year, holiday season. Enjoy your, uh, you know, maybe a slower time at work, time with your family, and continue to tune in to the Take 10 Podcast each and every week. Easier to do that if you subscribe to the show. If you're just streaming it right now, be sure to find us on iTunes or now it's called Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, or our Big Ten Network YouTube channel as well. There's a playlist for the Take 10 Podcast on our YouTube channel. All right, thanks as always to... Wes White and Julie Bronder, my producers of the show. Got to shout them out before signing off. Thanks once again to everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you next week here on Take 10 Podcast.